0: Welcome to What Christians Should Know, hosted by Dr. Elijah Sadoffel. This podcast equips you with clarity and meaningful answers about God, the Bible, and your Christian life. Now, here's Dr. Sadoffel. For everyone who listened to the episode from last week, today you will hear something similar but different. Last time, the title of the episode began with How to Not... This time, however, we will not be talking about how to not worry. We will instead be talking about how not to fear. In many ways, fear is just a more extreme form of worry, so many of the principles discussed in the last episode will apply here as well. Now, we won't begin by talking about the frightfulness of fear. The good news is that God, by His grace, has provided us with a blueprint on how to properly respond to life in His Word. In fact, in the Bible, an emotion that we are commanded not to experience more than most other feelings is fear. This is why over 500 times in the Word, we are told to fear not. Consequently, the hope that God gives us is that He makes it possible for us to live a fear-free existence. Yes, God commands us not to fear, but He also provides the means by which our terrors are eradicated, by casting our cares on Him. 1 Peter 5.7 The liberating freedom for those who are in Christ is that the Lord unshackles us from fear and sets us free to love. This love, subsequently pass out all fear. Of course, we are free to love because our precious Lord first loved us. Now you tell me, if the eternal, omnipotent, all-knowing God of the universe sets His Fatherly love on you and cares for you, then what do you possibly have to be afraid of? In this episode, we will do a brief exposition of 1 John 4.18 where the Apostle of Love, John, explains to us how not to fear. God willing, what you will learn is what to do if you are someone who finds themselves frequently paralyzed by fear. What you will learn is that God's solution is not for you to simply stop being afraid. In fact, if you just try to stop, you will invariably fail. What God calls us to do is put off fear by putting on love. Again, our focus will be 1 John 4.18, but let's open our Bibles and read verses 16-18 to together. That text says, We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. By this, love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as He is, so also are we in this world. Now verse 18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. The Apostle John begins his letter by talking about the Incarnate Word, Jesus. He is the one who is the center of our lives and who makes our joy complete. His capital L Light is what dispels the darkness, including the darkness of fear. I say that as an introduction to make the simple point that in what follows, the focus of our attention will not be away from fear. It will be toward Jesus. As it says in Matthew 6.33, we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Nothing else comes first, including fear. We don't even seek God first in order to rid ourselves of fear. We simply seek God first, period. God is the point of everything and is always of prime importance. Now, 1 John 4.18 begins by saying, There is no fear in love. We must begin by defining terms, so what is fear? The Greek word for fear is phobos, from which we get the word phobia. This word in Greek is interesting because it not only talks about a feeling, but also the resultant action, that is, that which may cause flight. So negatively, Phobos refers to feeling terror or alarm, which then compels a person to withdraw or to avoid. A fitting example of this is if you see a roaring lion in your driveway. You should be afraid and avoid the lion at all costs. This tells us that rational fear is a legitimate emotion that has been given to us by God for a reason, so that we withdraw from circumstances or avoid things that would not glorify God. Like foolishly trying to wrestle a lion in your driveway. Positively, Phobos is also used in the New Testament in regards to reverence or respect of the Lord. This does not compel a person to run away from Him, but rather to draw close to Him with a sense of awe. Remarkably, in the Bible overall, the fear of the Lord is almost identical to loving the Lord. It's no wonder then that fear of the Lord destroys all other fears. It's important to make a distinction before we proceed. There is a difference between having a fear experience and being afraid. Everyone can experience fear from time to time, but that transient experience does not control you and does not hinder you from performing your God-ordained duties. Being afraid means fear now affects who you are because you are passively molded by a feeling. Fear now dominates you, controls you, and tells you what to do or not to do. This is a rational fear and is a non-biblical misuse of an emotion. Let me not mince words. Irrational fear is a sin. Why? Because if a man is controlled by fear, then he is a slave to his own emotion. That is idolatry and is blatant disobedience to the Lord. It is blatant disobedience because now fear reigns supreme and not God. And to top it all off, because fear paralyzes a person, it nudges him not to act by withdrawing or avoiding. By withdrawing or avoiding, a man cannot act in love, either for God or for his neighbor. This is a violation of the greatest two commandments. Matthew 22, verses 36-40 to And where does fear come from? It's an emotion that God gave us, so the source of all fear is inside of us. By design, God gave us the gift of rational fear, but we can misuse that emotion and express it in sinful ways. This is where irrational fear comes from. In fact, if we think about fear as just an extreme form of anxiety or worry, what does Psalm 9419 say? When my anxious thoughts multiply within me... The point is that fear is not something a man picks up at the grocery store, it's not a fume that he breathes in and then becomes afraid. The source of all fear is never without, it's within. This is why the solution that conquers fear is also within, within the human heart that is transformed by the love of God. So what does the full text of Psalm 94.19 say? It begins with my problem within. The text says, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me. The text ends with a divine solution in looking to God. The verse ends by saying, your consolations delight my soul. On the battlefield of the soul, when divinely graced love fights sinful fear, love conquers. Again, 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love. Love is therefore the answer to not being fearful, because in love, there is no fear. This then begs the question, what is love? The Greek word for love here is agape. Agape is not a warm, fuzzy feeling on the inside. It is a moral preference for good, and the ultimate love is the preference for the ultimate good, God Himself. But even more than that, agape has legs, meaning the verbal form of agape tells us that genuine biblical love is demonstrable in action. It means actively doing what the Lord commands with Him as the means of power and the aim of the love. Real biblical love is thus not just expressed but done. As it says in Vine's Complete Expository Dictionary, quote, love can only be known from the actions it prompts, end quote. Even more, biblical love acts for the long-term spiritual benefit of another person, even if that means short-term discomfort. What does the most famous verse in the Bible say? That God so agape the world, that what? How did He demonstrate His love? By sacrificial giving. By giving up His only begotten Son to die on a cross, to die for your sins. So that as many as believe in Jesus will be spared from the wrath of God and inherit eternal life. The love of God cost God His Son, yet He acted out of love for the eternal benefit of His elect. Amen. So what does all this mean when John writes, there is no fear in love? It means that love is a power that is stronger than fear. Therefore, by grace, a man is enabled to do in love and is not crippled by fear into inaction. Love understands that it itself is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22-23 Hence, the same divine grace that gifts the elect with love also empowers them to do the things that the Lord commands without fear. As it says in 1 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Love enables a person to act in the present. Instead of worrying or being fearful about what may happen later on or what is potentially possible, love takes responsibility right now and asks, How can I love my neighbor? While love focuses on others, fear focuses on the self and is concerned that I may get hurt, that I may be ridiculed, and that I may have my reputation ruined because I stand for Jesus. Of course, love is risky. There is always the possibility of me losing or of me getting hurt when I act in love. But that's the point. Love is not afraid of what happens to me because I am doing this for the other person, for the glory of God. And if I am acting in obedience to the will of God, that is pleasing in the eyes of my Heavenly Father. Hence, if God is pleased with me, then it does not matter who was displeased. Love wins, and it is associated with a joy and delight evermore in the Lord. Contrast that with fear, which is associated with internal angst, sorrow, and misery. And the most diabolical part of all is that fear begets more fear, since failure to assume responsibilities produces more distress. So now that we know what fear is and what love is, what is the answer to this episode's central question? How does one not be afraid? And the answer is you, I, and we. We must all love in spite of fear. We must all do and act for the long-term benefit of the other person, even if we feel afraid. Why? Because we act based on love. We do not cease to act based on fear. Furthermore, be mindful that if you are crippled by fear, there is no magic that will ever make you stop feeling a certain way. Acting in love does not mean you will rid yourself of emotion and instantly be fear-free. Of course, you can feel afraid without being afraid. Of course, you can feel intimidated without being controlled by the intimidation. How to not be afraid therefore means the negative thing, getting rid of fear, is related to the positive thing, loving. To provide an example, do you remember what happened to Peter and John in Acts chapter 4? They were thrown in jail for preaching the resurrection of Christ. The next day, when standing before the religious rulers, do you think they may have felt fear? Do you think they may have experienced a degree of intimidation, knowing the city's authorities disapproved of their message? In spite of how Peter and John may have felt, what did they do? who gave them their marching orders, God or men. Acts 4.18-20 says, And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge, for we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. In other words, out of love for the Lord, Peter and John did what men who love God do. They fulfilled their calling and preached the word regardless. In Matthew 28:16 to 20 Jesus commands his disciples to go into the world and tell others about him. In Paul's last letter, in 2 Timothy 4-2, the apostle tells his understudy to simply preach the word. What the full canon of Scripture teaches us is that by prayer and by meditation on the Word, you must learn to do what God requires of you regardless of whether you experience fear or not. Remember that having a temporary experience of fear is not sinful, but allowing fear to inhibit you from obedience is sinful. Therefore, do, regardless of your feelings, and saturate your thoughts with the God who loved you enough to save you and who demonstrated His love by sending His Son to die on a cross. That is what will strengthen you to overcome fear. There is one final issue that remains. While the first part of 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love, there is still more to the verse. The final part of verse 18 says, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. What is this perfect love the apostle talks about, and how do you obtain this perfect love in order to cast out fear? It's important that we know what this means, because when the Bible talks about perfect love, it does not mean sinless or flawless perfection. The Greek word that John uses here generally means finished, completed, having reached its end, or mature. When you complete a task, for example, or obtain a goal, it can be said that it is perfected. Other examples of this use of the word can be found in John 4.34, 5.36, and 19.28, Acts 20.24, and James 2.22. So, if we look back to our preceding verse, 1 John 4.17, we begin to obtain clarity as to how this word perfect is being used. That in our love for one another, God's love manifests as deeds, as to reach an appointed goal. That is, the love does not remain imperfect in words, it becomes perfected in action. Immature love is not perfected and has not yet reached its end. It talks a lot and does little. Mature love is perfected and has reached its end. It may say nothing but just does. Perfected love is evident when you don't talk about serving your local church, but you show up and say, I'm ready to work. It's not when you say, I want to be more charitable. It's when you go down to the local food bank and serve those who are hungry. Love as perfected in deeds is an idea also conveyed in the prior chapter, in 1 John chapter 3, verses 18-19. to There the apostle writes, Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. We will know by this that we are of the truth, and will assure our heart before him. Those who fear and who do not act in love will be condemned on the day of judgment. They fear because they are not perfected in love. But those who demonstrate perfected love have the assurance that they are beloved by God and have passed from death to life. 1 John 3.14 Accordingly, if you've ever wondered why so many Christians are so fearful of men and have so little boldness for things of God, the answer is staring at us in the text. They fear because their hearts are not devoted to love of God and neighbor. Instead, they are afraid of what men will say or do. So once again, to answer the question, how to not be afraid, the answer is to act in love in spite of your feelings of fear. So, the next time you are fearful, stop, pause, and ask yourself three questions. Question number one, what am I fearful of? Then consider if your fear is sovereign or if God is sovereign. Question number two, what has God commanded me to do in spite of my fear? Question number three, what can I lovingly do for my neighbor right now? The simple answer to question number two is love your neighbor. This means your answer to question number three can be very ordinary, simple things like helping them take in the groceries even if you just had an argument. It can also mean telling them the truth even if they may not want to hear it. It may also just mean being present and listening. We are only able to love others with perfected love because the Lord first loved us. At the end of Psalm 16, in verses 8-11, to David says, I have set the Lord continually before me, because He is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will make known to me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy in your right hand there are pleasures forever David knew that his life was so united to the Lord that he lived in him and therefore he could not live without the Lord Yes, God loves His children, and when we set our Heavenly Father ever before us, we obtain love, joy, peace, happiness, and delight. This casts out fear, hopelessness, anxiety, melancholy, and discontent. Beloved, when we are reconciled to God through Christ, we have everything that we need for a full, abundant life. The heart of a man will find no rest until it finds rest in God, in whom true and solid joy abounds. None but the faithful, who are contented with God's grace alone, can be truly and perfectly happy without despair, hopelessness, or fear. Where God's love abounds, fear does not stand a chance. Amen.